0: We live in a broken world, a world full of hate, poverty, evil, sin. We live in a world full of broken promises, broken relationships, broken people. We live in a broken world, and we broke it. It wasn't always broken it was created to be beautiful peaceful perfect but through one man's choice sin entered the world and broke our fellowship with god and we've been making that choice again and again ever since all of us have sinned all of us have played a part all of us have broken that fellowship. And we all deserve eternal death because of it. But God loved this broken world full of broken people. He loved us so much that he sent his perfect son to pay the price for our choices. And what a price he paid. act of grace Jesus lived a perfect life and died a gruesome death so that broken people in a broken world could be healed so that we could once again have fellowship with the one true God but that's not the end of the story today isn't a day of mourning for the death of our Savior we remember his sacrifice but we also celebrate his victory He died, but on the third day he rose from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. He defeated death and restored man's fellowship with God. And one day he will return to reign on earth as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again.
1: Hear me, church. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the what, church? Oh, uh, you can do better than that. Even though you can't see me, you can do better than that. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the What is this word that we come to celebrate today? Resurrection. When you think about it, it's not a common word in our 21st century vernacular. But resurrection means that something was dead and has come back to life. I want to let you know today, church, nothing will jack up a funeral more than a moving body. I just wish you could see the look on your face. You haven't done done anything until you get in one of these. (laughs) If you're claustrophobic, I do not recommend it. But nothing will jack up a body or a funeral like a moving body. I, I was the chaplain at Duke University's hospital. The year was somewhere around 1997. I was a seminary student and I got appointed to serve as the chaplain to the hospital. So I worked a few days a week in the hospital and then I was on call. I'll never forget the first time I was asked to go down into the morgue to identify a body with a family. And I was a young pastor. And so I walked into that clean, sterile, stainless steel morgue, if you will. And they rolled the body over. And I stood there with the family and they took the sheets and they pulled them back from the deceased person. And I didn't know what to do, so I thought I should do the pastoral thing and reach out and touch the body. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. The hand went. Poof. I'm telling you, nothing will mess up a death. Or a funeral like a moving body, church. We are here today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on, church. The fact that death thought that it had won the day. The fact that Satan thought that he had squelched out the light of the world and that darkness would reign. The fact that the enemies thought that the light of life, the God of all creation, was snuffed out. But I'm here to tell you, God the Father kicked Satan in the teeth and raised Jesus Christ up from the dead. There's nothing that will mess up a funeral. Come on now. More than a moving body. Welcome to Easter 2014 hold your applause and welcome all the campuses when I'm done we want to welcome the Columbia campus we want to welcome the North Raleigh campus we want to welcome Garner campus Sanford campus Internet campus North Carolina Correctional Institute yes if you are a guest we have a campus in a women's prison and for the first time we want to welcome New Hope Kenya give it up church give it up church you got your Bibles, open them up to John chapter 11. No time to play today. Let's just get right at it. Now, if you're a Christian or you grew up in the church, you know that most of the time on Easter Sunday, the pastor will go to the end of one of the Gospels. And he will preach on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I have always done that. But this year, the Lord led me to actually preach on a different passage, which is in John chapter 11. Where Jesus raised a person by the name of Lazarus. And when he got finished doing so, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he or she may die, will live forever. So we're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. But I'm excited about going at it from a slightly different angle today. John chapter 11. 1 through 3. I love your energy and your engagement. If you're ready for the word of the Lord, let me hear an amen. Amen. John chapter 11. 1 through 3. Now a man named Lazarus was... Help me out, church. Man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair so the sisters sent word to jesus lord the one you love is sick now church this was bad news in the midst of a good life and i just want to stop for just a moment and and make sure this sermon lands amongst us in an earthy kind of way i don't want us to float up in the clouds today and not keep it real here's the reality in a worship celebration this packed And at all of our campuses, the very same thing. There are people up in here today and you have your own sickness. Your pastor stands before you today with his own kind of sickness. We are broken. We have needs. And maybe you're here today and your sickness is just like Lazarus. Maybe it's it's medical. Maybe you've been to the doctor lately and the prognosis is not good. Maybe your sickness is not medical. Maybe, come on church, maybe your dream marriage has turned out to be a nightmare. I don't know what to make of a clap about that. But you know I love me some clapping. So you keep it going. If that was a male, I hope your wife is not with you. If that was a female clapping, I hope your spouse is not with you as well. Maybe you're here and the dream job that you have, you have caught wind that it's on the chopping block. Maybe you're here and you have a teenage child and the principal has called you into the office and it is not to let you know that they made the honor roll. This is a very earthy passage where sickness starts to bubble up and Lazarus is sick. And in John eleven four, 4, why don't we read this verse out loud together? Verse 4, ready, go. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's who God's may be glorified through it. Now here's the great thing. God wants to receive glory and praise and honor through whatever kind of sickness you might face. God's son gets glorified when we allow him to move in our midst and work out. But here's the unfortunate reality. For some of us, our timetable doesn't match up with God's timetable. And here's, here's what was the problem with this text. Lazarus was sick. Lazarus was dying. Lazarus was dead. And here's what Jesus did. You ready for this? (laughs) Jesus is hanging out two miles away and they're freaking out. He's not on their timetable. He's just hanging. They're freaking. He knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knows it. He's going. But he's going at his own Pace, I want to talk to you today about three characters in the biblical story. That Here's what I know that I know every person here can relate with these three characters in some way, shape, or form. I want to talk to you today about Thomas, about Mary, and about Martha. About who? Thomas, Mary, Martha. And then we're going to talk about the way in which Jesus is the only one. Who could bring solution to all of their problems. Just like he is the only one who can bring solution to our ultimate problem. Namely death. And is the one who can bring solution to our problems even now. Let me talk to you today about doubting Thomas. Maybe you've heard him called this before. But take out your program guide. Turn it over on the back. Grab you a New Hope pen in front of you. Steal it in the name of Jesus if you won't. While you are reaching down in there. Steal a magnet. We give those away free. And throw that bad boy on your car. They are taking over Central North Carolina. Verse 16. Since you read so well. Let's read this one out loud together. John 11 verse 16. Ready? Go. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may. That we may what? Die. Thomas doesn't say, Hey, let's go, we can party. Thomas, called Didymus, known as Doubting Thomas, laced with sarcasm, says, Oh, let's go that we may all die. I mean, have you ever heard such an Eeyore complex in your life? Right? The sky is falling. But come on, come on, come on. I feel for Thomas. If, if you had been named Didymus, <laughs> you, you, you might be a doubting, skeptical kind of guy as well. You know what I mean? Didymus. What is that? Sounds like a bad rapper or something. Didymus. Some of you parents are here, and you got—you're great with child, man. You're expecting, or you want to have children one day, and you've heard of Christian parents naming their children after biblical characters, which we do. You know we've done that. But I want—I got a word for you today. Do not. This should be the eleventh commandment: Thou shalt not name your child Didymus. It won't end well. And I haven't said this yet, but if, you're, if, if your name is Didymus, we love you. And we're so glad you're here. And you can turn the tide. It can end well with you. We believe in you, right? But Didymus, man, he's, he's full of doubts. And it gives me a chance again just to, just to kind of keep it, keep it on our level for just a moment and keep it real. How many of you would admit, come on. That even though your name might be Didymus, let the church say, thank you, Jesus. You would admit that you've had doubts. How many of you, and I see people already doing it. How many of you would be bold enough, courageous enough to just slip your hand up in the house of the Lord and say, you know what? I've doubted, and I've not only doubted some stuff, I've doubted spiritual things of God. How many of you would just kind of slip your hand up and say, that's me? Come on, come on, come on, hold them up high because I want to see him. That's probably about 80% of you. The other 20% of you, you just sit there and keep polishing your halo. (laughs) While the rest of us get down and dirty real today. Maybe you're here and you know, you were doing fine until you got to the university. You took your first Bible literature class and some professor came in there and tried to rip your faith and the word of God apart. While we're doing the series called Voice, it returns next Sunday. Maybe you're here and you prayed your heart out and you asked God to do something, but God didn't do what you wanted him to do and your faith started to wane. We all have doubts from time to time but easter rolls around and reminds us that god is a god who can work amongst our doubts god is a god who can turn our doubts into faith and that's what i've been praying for each and every one of you this week let me talk to you about character number two let's call her discouraged mary discouraged mary in the word discouraged jesus finally arrives on the scene after you know He gets there. Martha's freaking out. So she runs out. And did you notice in the passage that Mary stayed at home? Short little verse. Look at what it says in verse 20. But Mary stayed at home. Mary's basically saying, why bother? I never get a break. Nothing good is going to happen. She's just discouraged. In a 21st century context, we might call her depressed. And some of you might be as well. Now, you wouldn't admit it. You wouldn't admit it because it's Easter and you got on your Easter clothes. And might I say, you are a good looking bunch. And look at me. I even put a tie on. If you are a guest, let me go ahead and let you know. Don't get used to it. And you would never admit that you're discouraged, even if I caught you in the rotunda out there. And I said, hey, how you doing? If you're a Christian, you'll probably start talking Christianese. Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You put that mask on, but come on, come on! some of you are here today and you're discouraged. You feel like you can't get a break. You can relate to Mary. Our Columbia campus pastor, Pastor Aaron McClure, great, great leader. Uh, He was in town a few weeks ago and we were out having dinner and he said, hey, I want to tell you about something. See what you think about this. He said, we've got this woman in our church and unfortunately a, a loved one of hers was murdered about a year ago. And he said, she's been coming to our church and she's a wonderful woman of God. And and she confided in me that there are times when I just get discouraged. I just get depressed. And he said, Pastor, he said, she said that all she wants to do is pull the shades down. And pull the sheets over her head. And stay inside. That's what Mary was doing. And Pastor Aaron said, I, I just followed the Holy Spirit's lead. And so I said this to her. What you need to do whenever you feel discouraged, whenever you feel depressed and you want to stay inside, what you need to do is resist that. Some of of you came just for this, by the way. You came for just this very point. And Pastor Aaron said what you really need to do is get out of the house. Force yourself out of the house. Grab the keys, get into the car and come to this church where you will find family and we will love you through your discouragement. And then he he said, and here's what happened a few weeks later as she approached that unfortunate homicide anniversary. He said she showed up one Sunday before church early and said, Pastor Aaron, I've been feeling so depressed and discouraged. And all I wanted to do was stay inside today But I remembered your words and I forced myself out of the house. And Pastor Aaron told me by the end of the day, they had a black New Hope welcome shirt here to serve. She was out front in the sunshine, handing out bulletins for the people of God with a smile on her face, church. (laughs) Ours is a God through the community of faith that can work miracles in the midst of discouragement. Maybe you're here today on this momentous Easter occasion and you are dead in your doubts. Maybe you are here today and you are dead in discouragement. And here's the third character that I want to look at right in the word delayed. Delayed Martha. She was dead in her delay, church. Look at verse 17 through 21. And I want you to hear the indictment at the end of this passage. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how many days, church? Four days. Long days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary did what? We just talked about that. Discouraged Mary. Stayed home. Martha went out. Lord! Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. She was dead and outright hacked off in the delay of the Lord. She was frustrated. Guys, it had been four days. Jesus was only two miles away. He delayed. He came. If you know your Bibles, when Jesus came and he told him to roll the stone away, the old King Jimmy version, some of you are King James version people, the old King Jimmy version says, he stinketh. Get you some of that word. (laughs) He stinketh. Come on now, the next time somebody does something in your car... Or the next time somebody does something in your house or at the dinner table, for those of you who have kids, come on, you need to look at them and with the most self-righteous voice you can muster, you stinketh. Or you can create another word, you just plain stanky, right? He was dead. Princess Bride fans, I mean, he was all the way dead. Right, right. He was dead, dead. He was so dead, he was stanky. And Martha is hacked off about it. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. And some of you are here today. You might not struggle with doubt. You might not struggle with discouragement, but here's what you struggle with: you struggle with delay. And if you were just honest enough, you would admit that you are hacked off at God's timetable. We have a lot of godly, godly women in this church, young single women, who are looking for godly men. And they will not compromise, but the truth be told, they are just downright frustrated, hacked off in the delay. They say to me things like this, I am sick and tired of being a bridesmaid. I want to be a bride, and you might be a single dude up in here, and you feel the very same way. In fact, I just feel the spirit of the Lord lead me to do this. If you're single, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise them up high, up high. Don't be Don't be shy. Raise them up. Now, now, hold on up. Stop looking at me and look around. I did this for you. Cruiny spiritual people say to me, well, people shouldn't come to church looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. What are you smoking? There's no better place to look for a spouse than church. What do you want them to do? Go to the bars? Come on now. Some of you are just dead in the delay. You're just hacked off. You want to get married. But God's timetable is killing you. Some married people here You're struggling with the delay Because for years and years And years and years You have wanted to have a child You've tried and you've tried And you've tried In some cases it's just never happened and, Or in other cases It happened momentarily And you got so excited only to miscarry Some of you are here and, and, and you're, you're, you're struggling with salvation. Not for yourself, but, but for somebody else. Maybe a loved one. Maybe you're here and, and you're saved. You're, you're a born again Christian, but your spouse is not. And it's killing you. Or you're here and you have a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter and they're out in the far country. And it's killing you. And again, Easter rolls around with a very important message. If the delays are killing you, listen to me. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Oh, my Lord, don't miss that. Somebody needs to write that down. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials, church. As I was reading my Bible this week. I was studying this text in John chapter 11, and I just lost it, so let me find it. And in John chapter 11, I normally don't pay attention to the page numbers, but it's very, very interesting. This week, as I'm studying the text, I realized, I don't know what page number yours is, but in my Bible, it's page number 1788. And as I studied John chapter 11, it's a long chapter and a powerful story that we're unpacking here today. As I studied John chapter 11 on page 1788, I realized everything... Went bad on page 1788. I mean, it it was just a bad day. Lazarus dies, right? Thomas freaks out. Mary's depressed. Martha's mad. 1788 is just a bad, bad page in my Bible. But then as I studied it, I realized that as I turned the page, everything good started to happen. I realized that as I turned the page, God's resurrection power started to flood into the dire situation and build something beautiful. I started to realize that God might just want to turn the page in some of your lives. Come on, church. You might be here. And what you need more than anything is for God to turn the page in your life. You need a new season. You need a new break. You need new faith. You need resurrection. You need hope. You need restoration. You need peace. And I just came by to let you know that Easter reminds us that God majors in turning the page. And bringing something good in your life. Even now. Say it with me. Even now, yeah. again. Even now. Yeah. Now, see, if I were to name this sermon, that's exactly what I would call it. Yeah. Even now. You might say, "Where do you get that from, Pastor?" Go to verse twenty-two, John eleven twenty-two. Out loud, really strong, church. 11, 22. But I know that. Yeah. I know that what? Even One more time. What? Even, even now. God will give you whatever you ask, church. Somebody shout, even now. Even now, God can reach into your jacked-up family. And my jacked-up family, not my my immediate family. I haven't clarified that all weekend. I need to clarify that. I love my immediate family. But if you think you came from a jacked-up family, come on, I will compare stories with you. We 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 were dysfunctional with a capital D. Even now God can reach into your jacked up family. And bring restoration. And bring peace. And bring hope. And bring harmony. And bring forgiveness. Even now when everything looks impossible. We serve a God who said with me. Come on church. All things are possible. Even now with your heart. It might be calloused and cold. Even now, in a moment, God can soften your heart and melt your heart towards God. Even now, where there's something dead up in you, something that might be, hello, a little stinketh. Our God can come in and bring resurrection power and raise you to new life. Jesus looked at her and said, your brother will rise again. Maybe what he wants to say to you is, I want to turn the page in your life and I want to bring resurrection to that area that you need resurrection. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the come one. Come on, come on, listen. The resurrection is not just an event. The resurrection is not, I, I know, I know it's a historical event. I believe in every fiber in my being, it happened. There is no doubt about it. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But it is not just an event. The resurrection is a person and his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He is the resurrection. It is not just an event, And I would be so remiss if I didn't read this verse. I think it's probably my last verse. It's John eleven forty four. I want you to read this out loud. Because it doesn't get any better than this. Jesus calls him out. He's a little stanketh. Right? Jesus calls him out. And Jesus looks at him and he says this. Verse 44 out loud. Really strong. Ready? Go. Take off the grave clothes. And let him go. Again, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Maybe what God wants to do in your life today is take off some grave clothes. Maybe you're wrapped up with all kind of stuff and maybe it smells and maybe you're struggling and maybe you're dead in your doubts or your discouragement or your delay. Maybe you're bound up relationally. Jesus would say, take his, take her grave clothes off and let them go free. Maybe you're bound up Economically. Maybe you're bound up vocationally. Maybe you're bound up spiritually. And the Lord of life. Would say. Take those grave clothes off. Take those grave clothes off. For I am the resurrection. And the life. He who believes in me. Shall not die. But live Forever. Beloved, without Jesus, this is the end of it all. Without Jesus, some of you haven't blinked since I came out of a casket. Without Jesus, it is lights out. I did the research this week. You're not going to believe this. I, I studied it. The death rate still hovers right around 100%. Happy Easter <laughs> I am Jesus said the resurrection and the life he or she who believes in me though they will die shall live forever more come on church that's good news And it is not, it is not just a pie in the sky when you die. Though, hey, that's good. Heaven's good. I believe that too with every fiber in my being. This world is not all there is. Come on. But also, pie in the sky is not all there is either. He wants to take off your grave clothes now. He wants to unleash you, beloved. He wants to let you go so that you can be the man, you can be the woman, you can be the young person God wants you to be. I am, he said. The resurrection and the life. And did you get what he asked at the end of that verse? I'm going to let Jesus ask the last question today. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, and whoever believes in me will never die. And then he asked this question. Do? You believe this. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And if you do, praise God for you. There's no celebration better than Easter. But let me just keep it real. There are a lot of people in our midst today here at Central and at all of our campuses. You're not sure. And we're so glad you're here. Because today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Today is the day God would want to say to you, uncover that man. Uncover that woman. Take off the grave clothes. I want to be the resurrection and the life. And the same voice that called Lazarus out is calling you out. Do you believe this? Pray with me. All heads bowed. Eyes closed. Father, thank you for your word and your presence that is so felt in this place today. Father, I pray that you would build faith in your people. As you pray today at all of our campuses, I know that there are those of you that you're just simply hurting right now. You're struggling. Even as I've shared, I've seen some tears start to fall. You're here and you have your doubts. Maybe you have your discouragement, your depression. Maybe you have your delays and God's timetable has not been yours. Maybe it's none of that. Maybe you've got some other stuff going on. I wonder today if you would be bold enough, courageous enough. And again, this is just between you and God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, lights are down at all of the campuses. I wonder if you would just be bold enough to... Slip up your hand and say, Pastor Benji, I'd love for you to pray for me. Just raise them up. Just raise them up high. Because I can see. I can see. Oh, wow. That's what I thought. Hands all over this. If you can, just hold them up. Just, just, just hold them up as long as you can while I, I just pray over you. Father, I thank you that you are such a good God. I thank you that you are a big God. That you know the intimate details of every situation, God. You know... What every single person who has Their hands stretched out towards you You know what they're dealing with Father you're so sovereign You know what the person who is dealing with here Who, who for whatever reason God They can't lift up their hands God they're, they're reaching towards you As we lift our hands toward heaven We're stretching them towards you God And we need a touch from you We need your power We need your presence We need your anointing we need your favor. We need your healing. We need your forgiveness. We need your restoration. Build our faith, God. Maybe you're here and in addition to needing somebody to pray for you and needing a touch from God, maybe what you need is salvation. Maybe as I preached today and as we've worshiped today, you have felt the spirit of God stirring in your heart. Beloved, the same voice that called Lazarus out of the grave calls you out today. He calls you out of your sins today. He calls you out of your discouragement today. He calls you out of your mortality today. And he says, come out. I have resurrection power for you. And it is not just pie in the sky. I want to bless your life now. There's grace, beloved. There's forgiveness. There's healing. There's new life. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how big your doubts are. It doesn't matter how bad you've been, how alone you feel, or how jacked up you think you are. Our God is bigger than all of that. Do you believe this? Maybe intellectually you have, but you need salvation to travel 18 inches from your brain to your heart. Again, I'm going to do something very bold here. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. But if you want to experience salvation today. If you want to make sure your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You want to be what the Bible calls born again. You want to know that you know that you know. That when you die, your eternity is in a place called heaven and not hell. And you want God to come in and take off your grave clothes now. And give you abundant life that begins here and now. You want salvation today. On the count of three, I want you to just raise your hands. One, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ from heaven to earth on a life-saving mission. Two, Jesus loves you so much that he died on a blood-stained cross for you. And three, the Father raised him from the dead that you might have resurrection power in your life. If you want to be a born-again child of God, just raise your hand right now. Even now. Even now. Raise them up. Raise them up. Wow. Just hold them up for me. I want to pray for all of you. I see all of you on this side. I don't know, eight or ten or so. Hold them up high in the middle. I see a dozen or so here. dozen plus here. I see you folks down front here. I see all of you here. Sir, I see you way back there. I see you way back there. All of you folks on the back row, I see you. New Hope, if you're a believer right now, I want you to pray for those around you. Pray for those around you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the party that is taking place in heaven right now. Luke 15 tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents and turns to you. God, we probably have 60, 70, 80, I don't know, people here today who are saying yes to you. God, save them, bless them, hold them. God, I pray that you would fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you got your hands raised, or maybe you don't and you still just want to accept Christ, just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for life. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on a blood-stained cross for me. Thank you for giving your life for me. In this very moment, Easter 2014, God, I give my life back to you. Help me follow you, Father, to the best of my ability all the days of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. I am yours today, Lord Jesus. I am yours to stay. We pray this all together, Almighty God, as Easter people. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you. We worship you. And the Easter people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, church. Come on, church. Celebrate salvations all over the movement. Praise God. I want to look into the camera. I want to turn it back over to the campus pastors and the worship leaders. We love you guys. I want to invite the worship team back out, and I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Try to stay put. I know sometimes some of you like to kind of skip on out of here now. You're worried about beating the Baptist or the Methodists or the Presbyterian to lunch. I think it's too late for that, beloved. You've got to go to the bathroom. Run. Run back. It squelches the spirit when we do a lot of moving. There's, 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 there's kingdom stuff taking place right here, church. We only got one more song, and it's a good one. In fact, it's becoming one of our favorite songs around here. It's called glorious ruins aren't you thankful we serve a god who takes the ruins of our lives and makes them glorious aren't you glad we serve a god who takes the ashes of all of our stuff and builds something beautiful church sing this out to the top of your lungs this is a great song for us to end on today let's worship jesus
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.NewHopeNC.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.